Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. All right. I am in my brother's music room. This is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I'm your host, Tom Sutton. I'm standing like Henry Rollins. All I'm wearing is a pair of black shorts. I'm otherwise completely naked. I'm very sweaty. I'm covered in tattoos. Because it's been a big week in Star Wars. And uh, so I have to I have to bring it like Henry Rollins himself. Uh, obviously, the biggest thing is the beginning of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. That's going to be one of the major topics that we cover today. But I don't mind saying straight out of the gate that the thing that's got me most pumped, in fact, is the trailer for Andor. Um, that trailer kicked ass. That really looks like something to get excited about. We will get to why in a moment. Um, there's been tons of news. Um, you know, obviously, Star Wars Celebration is happening as we speak. So there's been some interesting stuff, um, some bits and pieces. Uh, they announced uh, some kind of animated show. What's that even called? Like Star Wars Space Adventure or something. I don't know. Um, that is going to be um, a, yeah, like a kid's animation. Nice. That's got that's that one out of the way. I don't I don't even remember the name of it. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They also announced officially the title for that rumored um, TV show that was going to be showrun by uh, John Watts, the Spider-Man guy, and written by the guy. I think he wrote Spider-Man um, No Way Home. Um, so th those guys obviously have worked together before. Um, yeah, there had been rumors for some time about this show. The um, Apparently, the code name for that show was Grammar Rodeo, which was a Simpsons reference. Um, and uh, yeah, so they finally announced the title of the show is Star Wars Skeleton Crew. And it will be featuring none other than Jude Law as one of the main characters, which is pretty cool. Um, it will also be featuring four younger main characters. So, um, yeah, not surprisingly, um, it's been described as Stranger Things in Space. Um, it will be set in a similar time frame to The Mandalorian. Uh, that is to say, uh, post-Return of the Jedi, but pre-sequel trilogy. Something about um, four young people who get lost in the galaxy somewhere and their, um, their adventures trying to get home again. I really like the sound of this. I think that Star Wars shares a lot of uh, DNA with stuff like uh, Goonies and... Um, what other shows are they? Yeah, you know, these 80s kind of um, coming-of-age shows, uh, movies. Um, I think there's a lot of shared DNA there. And, um, like, I think that... You know, not all the young characters in Star Wars have worked. Like uh, young Anakin was not a great hit. Um, Ezra Bridger, I don't think, 
was a a big success. Um, but that's not to say that uh, it can't be done. Um, Stranger Stranger Things, you know, really showed how charming uh, main characters of that age can be. So um, yeah, I like the title. I think the team behind it. It's it's um, yeah. John Watts, the the writer from Spider Man, and also Favreau and Filoni are also listed as producers. So um, yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like it a lot. What else? Um, yeah, the uh, something I've, I've kind of been forgetting to mention is that my brother very kindly gave me Jedi Fallen Order for my birthday. Now, I, uh, I stopped playing video, video games back in 2006 because I uh, joined Church of Misery and realized I was the worst musician in the band <laughs> and had to really uh, work to lift my game guitar playing, guitar playing wise. So I very clearly remember packing up the Dreamcast, which was the, uh, the only console I owned at the time, and... Um, deciding that any time that I would have spent on video games should now go straight towards becoming a better guitar player. It was the right choice. But I got I mean I've I've always missed playing video games, you know. Um now of course when Fallen Order came out, I saw a lot of positive uh, reactions to that game. Um finally, finally enough so, you know, the, the main character, Cal Kestis, is uh, not just a digital creation. He is based on an actor um, who's done the voice performance for the character and I guess a lot of, like, motion capture type work. And um, and this is really nothing against him. But there's something, I don't know, like, when I saw, like, the actor that they had chosen, I was like, ah, oh, man, this is, like, something about this guy's face. I just, I just can't stand his face. <laughs> Maybe it was because um, I guess I saw him play. I think he played the Joker on that Gotham show or something. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I was just like, man, of all the people you could have chosen, this guy. Well, I stand corrected. I am, I'm in love with Cal Kestis as a character. He's really fun, and his relationship with uh, BD One really kind of heartwarming. I I love it. I've been really loving this game um it's the first game i've really you know sat down and played for a long time my brother and i would play call of duty and stuff every time i came back to australia um but this is my this is my first time you know just sitting down by myself to play a video game in i don't know really long time um i love it i just think you know the um the settings, the scenery the, are, are fantastic. The movement is really fluid. Um, and um, even for someone as out, out of practice as me, very intuitive. Um, it really feels like Star Wars. It uh, incorporates really all the, all the eras, um, at least, you know, up to, you know, the time period that it's in. You know, you see prequel stuff. You see original trilogy stuff. Um, it's uh, it's 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 great, and um, the characters are great. 
you know, besides Cal Kestis, the other characters are really cool. Um, I find a little bit like with some of the some of the um, enemies, I sometimes feel like I don't know how to fight them well. It just seems to be like, for example, with with stormtroopers and biker scouts. I think like I, I feel now like all right, I know what the approach is, and if you know what you're doing, you can avoid getting hit. Um, but some of the big, like for example, I don't know what they're called. These big lumbering dudes. I just feel like I just get smashed, like no matter what. tactics i I employ but anyway um i i love it it's um it's been such a fun time i like i really feel like i'm having a star wars experience it doesn't just feel like a video game with a, a star wars skin slapped on top of it um the yeah the feeling of uh using a lightsaber it it actually feels right. Feels like using a lightsaber. So I love it. Music's great. Um, I'm really happy. Really happy. I'm a little bit concerned in a way um, <laughs> because um, uh, I I'm no less busy really than I usually am in in lots of ways, and there's still really no excuse for spending time on video games when there are you know proper serious life-changing things that you could be doing um but i also feel like you know the years that i put really like really putting everything into playing music and keeping myself uh alive during that process as well like maybe i've earned a bit of um play time um so you know I've been loving that. Now uh, they've made the official announcement now that the sequel is going to be called uh, Jedi Ni- Jedi Knight Survivor. Cal Kestis is the the uh, main character again. They released a, a teaser trailer. It looks awesome. <coughs> Excuse me. It looks awesome. Um, apparently, it's only going to be on next gen consoles. So um, something to keep in mind for you gamers out there. But um man i yeah it's great and it's one of those things where like lucasfilm's decision to make everything canon um post the buyout um i think has been a good idea but it's also sometimes i just feel like like who cares of course like everything you see on screen really should be canon but what the books the comics the video games is it that necessary to make everything canon, I don't think so. Um, but this is so good that I'm like, I'm, I'm happy that it's <laughs> it's canon because I feel like I'm yeah doing something um, doing something real in the Star Wars galaxy, which feels awesome. Um, all right, uh, what else? Any have there been any other announcements at Star Wars Celebration? Um, you know, there've been a lot of interviews. Uh, apparently Kathleen Kennedy has said that um, the that um, future Star Wars films will be set in the sequel trilogy era or post-sequel trilogy. Um, like, I, I've said this many, many times. I'm very happy with how things have gone. I found the prequel era to be such hard going that really 
even if things had only been half as good as they've been, I would still be pretty happy. But as they as they are, I am very happy. Um, but obviously, you know, the um, the sequel trilogy has been um, divisive. Not everybody loved it, and the the one criticism that most people can agree on is that uh, the lack of forward planning and the lack of uh, not taking the time to really um, make sure you've got what you need before you get started. Um, that really uh, impacted things a lot. So even though it feels like the, these movie announcements where they've gone like, I mean, even like when they were like, all right, Ryan Johnson trilogy, and now it's, it's on the back burner, quote unquote, um, could be completely gone. Um, you know, the, 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 the Game of Thrones guys coming in and then out again. Um, Patty Jenkins with a really cool like uh, reveal video trailer, not trailer, you know, teaser kind of thing with her talking about this idea for the film. It felt like there was energy behind it. Suddenly we're hearing rumors of, you know, things not being great behind the scenes. That seems to still be happening, but it's been delayed now. Uh, apparently Taika Waititi's film is going to be next off the off the ranks, um, which is cool. Uh, I think that because of the um, grumpiness in the fandom, um, it would be really good if the the first Star Wars film off the ranks now would be like a real a winner and um, something that most of the fandom really like. Um, be that would really help set the set the mood, set the tone. Although <laughs> I think most people like the Force Awakens, that didn't um, exactly help. Um, but yeah, um, maybe it's good to have Taika's movie first, especially since, of course, it's Taika. It's going to have a nice, light-hearted vibe to uh, vibe to it. So maybe that's a good tone to start off with. But the fact that they haven't like announced more it could it has been making me nervous but her comment that um that there's a lot of thinking going on maybe that's a good sign maybe that says that all right we get the taika movie all right we get the patty jenkins movie and then going forward after that they start to kind of unveil this um Hopefully, well thought out and planned uh, storyline and release schedule for future films. I love the sequel trilogy, so I would really love to see those characters back. Um, I think that the Ray and Finn ca um, relationship, it feels like it just got started just because obviously it basically wasn't part of the, part of the Last Jedi. They had some nice stuff together in The Rise of Skywalker, but um, it was still, you know, kind of limited. You were at the end of the story by that point. Um, a big bunch of them together just Jediing up the place would be cool. Um, Poe's obviously just a, a charisma machine. The big problem, I think, is coming up with a... Um, 
a villain and a threat that feels fresh and new and uh, believable, that would be a big challenge. My um, my suggestion would be the remnants of the Sith cult, cult people, or you know the the cult the cultists occultists that you see in the Rise of Skywalker. Um, people might be sick of the Sith, but I'm also like, y- you want you want the blue slash green slash whatever lightsaber versus the red light lightsaber. You just do. So maybe that has to be part of it. Anyway, cool to hear even like the, you know, sequel stuff being mentioned really. Um, apparently someone asked her, what about more solo? And she said, there, there's always room for more solo or something. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That probably means nothing. But you know how I feel about that. Would love more solo. Um yeah, nothing more is coming to mind right now. So let's get into it. Sorry to uh, sorry to make you eat your vegetables before we get to the meat. But let's do it. Kenobi. Going into Kenobi, I was reasonably uh, excited, but those trailers didn't really hit the spot for me that much. Um, I got to say. Um, Obviously, I have a bit of trepidation because um, we've got Hayden coming back. So it is, if you had to say, it is more of a like a prequel person's series. Um, but, you know, I always go into new Star Wars just excited and ready to love it. Um, that first episode starts with a uh, kind of recap of uh, what happened between Obi-Wan and Anakin in the prequels. That was cool. Well put together. It um, It's funny. It's one of those things where you go, where you know, it, it, of course, it's picking all these nice choice moments. And it made me, who didn't like those films much, just go like, wow, this looks pretty, these movies look pretty good. <laughs> so um, that was cool. Well done. Um, it starts, it opens, oh yeah, spoilers by the way. If you haven't actually watched the Kenobi uh, episode, the first two episodes of Kenobi yet, maybe um, you don't need to listen any further. Unless you don't care that much in which, listen, listen at will, Commander. So, it opens with, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It makes me think, why hasn't everything opened like that, uh, even on TV? I mean, it's Star Wars. Just chuck it in there. It doesn't really change anything. Like, there's no music to deal with or whatever. It's just, you just, it's it's like a just waving a flag, like Star Wars time. So I liked that. Um, oh, let's just overall, very quickly, just to set up where we're going. I liked it. Didn't love it. Got to be honest. But I loved quite a few big chunks of it and the f- the opening scene is definitely one of them um oh it was incredible and it's funny because this is set in the prequel era which is not my era sorry i keep saying that i don't i don't want to be a a negative nelly but um it's part of the conversation i guess anyway it opens with some with stuff from order 66 in the jedi temple 
I loved this. I thought it looked incredible. You had uh, a Jedi teaching the younglings. That footage was nice. The door comes open. Two troopers come through firing. And this Jedi just deals with them. It's awesome. This is like... It really... Like, this sequence has had no weak points for me. Um, the choreography. Uh, clone troopers in real physical armor. Not uh, not uh, the digital troopers that we got in uh, in the prequels. Um, they they look so much better. They look so cool. And the way this Jedi deals with them, sees what's going on, goes right, kids, we're getting out of here, and then just go like through the corridors of the Jedi Temple, just deflecting blaster bolts, laying down clone. Uh, Clone, uh, clone soldiers, clone troopers. Sorry, it's it just kicks ass. It's got so much momentum to it. It's just energy, man. It's so good. I really, um, I loved it. She looked cool. Um, I really, I just thought like when I think one thing that sets the TV stuff apart from the movies is um, kind of this like the choreography can can really we can see like big differences in the um, the levels of the uh, the uh, quality of the choreography sometimes I'm sure that's the kind of thing that really you know soaks up a lot of time and um there were just no. It, there was nothing bad. It was just it, that like the energy of it, the movement of it. It, it to me, it just had a, a lot of that like blood pumping through it, and it was very tragic and um, really an emotional sequence. And I just and I was so happy for people like, um, you know. Corey, Wolfpack Corey, uh, who, uh, like, this is the era they live for. And for them to see this, I'm sure that they're, like, that guy's head exploded, you know? Um, so that was an awesome opening. Um, yeah, like, between the two episodes, like, I really liked the first one. The second one I had more issues with. Um, let's talk about some of the... Um, so yeah, let's just go go for it. High points of the first episode. Princess Leia. Oh. How good was that? I mean, you see you see Alderaan. Alderaan has this prequel look to it, which I don't particularly love maybe, but it was still beautiful and it it really it it's, it so perfectly illustrates this thing, you know, where like you know when Princess Leia in episode four says like, like you you can't we have no weapons you know um, we're we're a peaceful planet and you see that it's beautiful there and these kind of the gentle kind of curve you know these kind of curving lines of the architecture really 
tells you that that this is a peaceful planet, you know. And if you've like, like one, like I, Star Wars books are hit and miss, and um, but one of the best ones I've read has been um, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and um, yeah, you spend a lot of time with uh, Brea and Bail Organa, and with a sixteen-year-old Leia, and you get to know. All around to some extent, and um, I, to me, there was nothing here that didn't fit together. Like the pieces in that book and the pieces you see in this episode, really, it was like a like jigsaw pieces fit together perfectly. How good is Brea Organa? Perfect casting. Jimmy Smith's back as Bale. Kick it kicks ass. Is it the same actress who plays Brea at the end of episode three? I wonder. I haven't heard anyone talk about that. Hmm, I'll investigate. But young Leia was perfect. Loved her. I mean, the attitude, the personality. She just, she had it down. Um, And stuff like that exchange between her and her dickhead cousin. It was so well written. And Leia was so fucking good in it. I loved it. And just to, like, the way she sees through her cousin's bullshit. And it's a cool character moment, but it's also speaking to behavior that we see on a worldwide scale. And critiquing it, which is, you know, what great art can do. And I I thought it was a brilliant scene. You see her seeing into the heart of people. You see her do it with her cousin in that scene. You see her do it with Obi-Wan. You see, I mean, her, her, her force abilities are there on screen in a very nice, subtle way. She's seeing things and picking things up that a normal person wouldn't. And, I mean, it's just great for the character because you know that Leia is a is force sensitive and is a force user. You see you know that's where the character's going. So it's great that they have this. But you know what? And I haven't heard anyone else um suggest this yet. One piece of um kind of uh one continuity problem shall we say between the prequels and the original trilogy. Luke doesn't remember his his uh his biological mother. Leia says she does remember her. Little bits. Why? Why does Luke remember nothing? She remembers parts. Both of them spent almost no time at all with Padme before she died. Well, for me, I think that, pa- that Leia actually picked up those images from the people who knew her. And you actually have this lovely moment in episode two when um, Ewan says, you remind me of someone. He's obviously talking about Padme. And I think that that's where Leia picked up these flashes and images of her mother. Mm. To me, this actually fixes that continuity issue. Um, and it 
it's really nice that because you go like, okay, Luke's, you know, Luke's kind of the force wielding hero of the original trilogy. Um, Leia is up, should be up there, but you, it's really nice to show that she is just as capable, but it's not about jumping high or doing mind tricks or force choking people or whatever. She has this um, level of insight that is way beyond normal people, especially a 10-year-old. So um, I loved her. I loved her droid Lola. That was great. Um, That, I mean, ah, that part where her dickhead cousin says, you're not even a real Organa. And then Bale comes and has this beautiful conversation with her saying that the fact that you are adopted does not lessen uh, who you are to us at all. You are absolutely an Organa, 100%, and you're our daughter and we love you. That's so cool because I have a number of friends who are adopted and um, I love them very much and I know that their families love them very much and um, I love to see that how that's dealt with in Star Wars. Um, and it is kind of nice because there is a bit of like a dickhead <laughs> commentary about Ray becoming Ray Skywalker and saying like, mm, she's not a real Skywalker. I'm like, well, guess what, buddy? She is. And Bail Organa thinks so too. So that's that's great. I think she's fantastic. Um, it's it's cool that that like I heard people speculate that maybe um, she would be threatened and that's what would um, bring Obi Wan or take Obi Wan off Tatooine. That turned out to be the case, but I don't think anyone would have um, been able to guess how much Leia we would get. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I really love that, this characterization. This, what, what, I feel so happy, you know, and so lucky to have one of the most important characters in Star Wars expanded upon in a way that really um, enriches, is that a word? Hmm. Enriches the character? Oh, that sounds wrong, whatever. Um, in a really great way. And it feels like her, it feels like Leia is there in front of you. It's fantastic. Um, so I was super happy about that. Another highlight for me is Uncle Owen. Woo! Ozzy, 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 oi, 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 Joel Edgerton. Like, man, you know, sometimes, because I'm into, I'm into um, film and TV, right? I'm a musician. I've spent quite a lot of time on stage. Um, in Sometimes, I get, you know, I have this feeling like, quite like to have a go at acting but when i see that like a performance like that from joel edgerton as uncle owen and you see him not doing anything particularly obvious to say like look at me and my acting okay there's nothing you can really point to and go like oh i did this and that was amazing it's a very understated performance, but everything, the body language, 
the facial expressions, the tone of voice, everything is absolutely spot on. There's n- like, you can't tell me that's not the same Uncle Owen that you see in episode four. To me, it feels like exactly the same character. And those conversations were kick ass. I mean, the T-16 Skyhopper model, how cool is that? I mean, is it a bit fan service Yes. Is it really cool also? Yes. And I just, I love it. Like, you just, you see it hit the ground in the little EOP parking tent or whatever that thing is, you know. And Obi-Wan looks up and there's Uncle Owen. And that, that just that voice, stay away from us, Ben. And the, the way he says Ben is, I love seeing Obi-Wan being called Ben, actually. That really, like, takes me back to, like, that original Star Wars feeling. It's really good. That that scene is fantastic. Super good. Love it. Yeah, I hope we get more of Uncle Owen. Um, I, I feel a little bit like maybe we're not going to get super much until the end. Let's see. I could be totally wrong, of course. But um, yeah, 10 out of 10 for that and him. Um, let's talk about Obi-Wan himself. Yeah, Ewan's doing a great job. Um, I don't think I expected him to be this bitter or this beaten. Um, that's, you know, I thought that you'd see an Obi-Wan in hiding, but I thought that it would be just a slightly scruffy, scruffier version of what we saw in episode three. Uh, no, he's changed. And it's funny because reflecting on my own life, I can see, because you go like, oh, you know, people had these big problems with Luke changing. But there was like a 30-year gap there. And I can say about my own life that if you took a moment here and then looked 10 years afterwards, you would not see the same Tom. Not at all. Um, A lot of it would be very similar. Some of it exactly the same. But there would be big differences. And man, I think it's it was a good choice to go with a um, significantly more pessimistic and downtrodden Obi Wan. It's a it was a, it was a good choice. I really like it. Um, Ewan's playing it very well. Um, I miss the playfulness. You get a bit more of it in episode two. I'm sure that they are building towards that. I'm sure that they are building towards... I I, I would assume that their goal is to leave us at the end of this series with an Obi-Wan who really feels like the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan, where you get a bit more of a sense of... Um, yeah, peace and acceptance and playfulness. So, um, yeah, Ewan's doing well. All right, The Inquisitors. Um, I guess I'm not loving them as much. The Grand Inquisitor, obviously, there was a lot of talk about his appearance when the trailer came out. I still don't think he looks very good. Um, And it's not just that he looks different from the Clone Wars. Um, It just... 
it doesn't look very cool. Like it looks like a, it's got this moon head look, which ain't very scary or threatening. I think that very thin angular shape to the head and the face, it, you know, it makes, makes you think of snakes and things. I mean, would Tarkin have been Tarkin if he'd had a like big bald moon head? I don't think so, you know? That gaunt look was really part of the character. And I just think, I don't know. And it's something about the way, like his, his posture and the way the, the, um, the armor fits and stuff. It just looks a bit off. I don't know. And some of the line delivery even. Like, I know Rupert Friend is known as a really strong actor. Uh, I don't know. Like... Actors so often say, oh, it's most, fun. it's most fun to play the villain, you know. Um, because you can really unleash a bit and, you know, let the ham come out a little bit. And I just felt it was a bit like flat, um, a bit dull, you know. Um, the fifth brother, Excellent. Especially, there's a scene where he and Reva are having a confrontation and you really hear this cool undertone that they put in his voice. It's like a digital addition to the voice. Makes it sound really cool. He looks good. Performance is good. He's great. I would like to see him in action. Um, Wouldn't surprise me if uh, you see him and Obi-Wan fight at some point and he doesn't make it. But let's see. Um, and of course, Reva is the big main antagonist. Um, pretty good, but I have some things that bother me a little bit, I guess. Um, in some ways, the fact that she looks quite normal, um, it's a bit of a, that, is that really Inquisitor? style like she looks a bit too cool and she talks a bit too cool maybe like it could be one of those things where like i mean when you look at like highly ranked imperial officers they've all been very british lord vader blah 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 you know uh, um that aristocratic accent really added to their kind of um that kind of cold, evil vibe that they had. Um, so, you know, we had a bit of a branch off, you know, with Krennic. Krennic added a bit more of a um, bit of a rougher, like, um, working class vibe, I guess. And that was part of the character. Uh, part of the character was that he had kind of had to work himself, you know, up the ranks from the bottom. And that's the case here with Reva as well. They say, like, you're part of the team because you're talented, but you don't come from where we come from and we're not going to let you forget that. So maybe Reva being a bit more of a, like, where she has, like, a a non, a non you know, toffee accent and whatever, maybe that fits with the character, I guess. Um, her performance, I think, it was great in some parts. Um we haven't seen her do a lot with a lightsaber, but she looks pretty good holding a lightsaber. Like, 
that's it's easy to get that wrong. Um, but she looks good doing that. Um, it is cool that she has this, you know, this kind of like maybe because she's had to fight her way up from the bottom, she has this kind of um, hunger to prove herself and to uh, curry favor with Darth Vader to try to, you know, she's ambitious. Um, yeah, but it's a little bit, it is a bit funny to see the the Inquisitors being so dysfunctional. I think I would have liked to have seen, ah, I mean, but you've seen it. I mean, of course, you know, Hux and um, Kylo Ren didn't exactly get on well, did they? So, yeah. Let's see how that goes. I, I think, you know, I like her in lots of ways. Um, had a few issues, but yeah, pretty good. Oh, I, I, I almost forgot. Um, this is it Ben Safty playing the other Jedi on the run? <sighs> He's such a good actor. If you've seen him in Good Time, the film with Robert Pattinson, man, he lays down the law. He's... His performance is heartbreaking in that film. I don't feel like Deborah Chow really squeezed the juice out of him in these scenes. Just felt a bit mild. I didn't feel, I didn't get the desperation. And it's so weird when he's like, I mean, I like that scene where he's like, Obi-Wan, you know, like, what are you doing out here? And he's like, I think you've, mistaken me for someone else and he just kind of pulls the lightsaber out there's a way of handling lightsabers i feel like sometimes people handle them in a kind of like like they're pulling out their phone or something i think there has to be a kind of reverence anytime you're holding a lightsaber maybe someone you know when like when han pulls like grabs luke's lightsaber to open up that torn torn someone like that can handle it like a you know, like a pair of tongs flipping over the snags or whatever, you know. But, um, yeah, it, when he brought that lightsaber out, just, I don't know, and I, that's just, what a nitpick, you know, but it's all these things are part of the storytelling. And um, I just felt like there needed to be a, a harder, just emotional punch in that scene somewhere. Um, but not bad. Not bad, not bad. But um, let's see. I'm going to flip through the episode on Disney+. Plus. Um, the scenes of Obi-Wan working at the... I like the idea of this gigantic creature that has crashed and died in the in the... In the desert, and then there, you know, a crew that is paid to harvest the meat. That's quite quite a cool idea. Um, oh, this was a highlight when uh, Obi Wan gets a visit from um, a local Jawa to sell, you know, to sell the uh, T sixteen model to him, and uh, as well as some parts that were stolen from Obi Wan. Um, really fun dialogue. Oh, I just think the, um, I guess the TV series 
especially have really added a lot to to Jawas. Um, a lot of my favorite Jawa stuff is now in the TV series. Um, that part in episode two of, of The Mandalorian, chapter two, where um, Mando tries to speak Jawa and they all laugh at him and say, they, so they say you sound like a Wookiee. Um, great. And this, this, this thing where like, like, I should have brought soap. I could smell you from, the, from out on the dune sea or whatever. I love that. I think that was really nice. So, yeah, hope they keep that up. Um, yeah, it's funny, you know, I'm experiencing again what, what a detrimental effect trailers have on your experience of, of something. Like, there's these great shots of him sitting and looking out at the Lars homestead through the binocs and seeing Luke there and it's, a, it's like... That scene would have like really had an impact um, if I'd seen it for the first time in the episode. But because you've you've not only seen it, you've seen it probably five times because you know Star Wars trailers. You watch them over and over because you can't stop yourself. And then you listen to fifteen podcasts where they all discuss every single detail to death. So by the time you're sitting and watching it, and you see this wonderful shot of Obi-Wan looking out at the at the Lars homestead and you're like, yeah, <laughs> seen it, <laughs> you know. It's tricky. That's why it's like, it's a bit unfortunate. Like there's, you know, movies where or like things, for example, like, okay, uh, I don't know. What's a good example? There are, there is, you know, stuff where I'm like, I know I want to see it. Oh, okay, so everything everywhere all at once. I knew I wanted to see it, uh, definitely. I just, you know, I didn't have to watch a trailer for it. And then when I went to see it, I hadn't seen a single frame of it. And it was just like, wham, 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 surprise after surprise. It was great. Um, so I guess this is a problem. There's no way around unless, you know, I'm not going to not watch a Star Wars trailer. But uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, okay. One more nice thing in that first um, episode was... Obi-Wan out on the desert digging up that box with his own lightsaber and with Anakin's lightsaber in there. Um, really good. I like that. So, um, all round, you know, ah, yeah, that, okay, one other negative thing. Why did they put Flea in this? Like, Flea's great. Um, got no problem with him, but it's just like, like I can imagine if you if you put like some you know mostly unknown musician who you personally are a fan of in a, in a scene. Okay, that's one thing. But like Flea's one of the most recognizable musicians on the planet. So guess what? A huge percentage of us don't see the character. They see Flea from the Chili Peppers, you know. I don't think that was a good idea. His performance is good. He looks good. He actually he play, he's great for that character, but it's Flea. <laughs> so I'm not sure if that was a good idea. Also the um the chase where uh he and the two other thugs capture Leia. Sorry, man. Like I'm seeing some people on Twitter just being like, Yeah, Deborah Chow totally smashed it, give her all the Star Wars, and I'm just like Yeah, that was like for that 
that scene, that chase, for example, was pretty weak. You know, there were so many shots where you're like, eh? like they should have caught her by like they, they would have caught her and they, you know, or like one of the this this she looked like a phalene. She's chasing and then there's a branch and she goes, oh, no, there's a branch. And it just it didn't come across. It didn't hit as real at all. So, yeah. Not a, not a fan of that one. But overall, I would say I I really liked it. I thought, you know, because the, the Kenobi trailers, I don't I didn't feel they had a huge sense of scale to them. But this episode, when, once you see Alderaan and, you know, it, it, it did have a sense of scale, you know, a Star Wars sense of scale. So I liked that. Um, all right. Episode two, I liked it less, I gotta say. Um, let's start with some highlights. Kumail Nanjiani, awesome. What a cool idea. Like to have someone faking faking their Jedi-ness. That's pretty fun. Um, I like how they set that up, how he uh, convinced people that he had special powers. It was really fun. I mean, he's such a Great performer. He's super, like, just a really funny guy. So I liked that. I felt that when um, Obi-Wan confronted him, it could have been more playful, more fun, more silly. Um, but, yeah, he was good. Um, oh, another one. Another one that I'm sure that... Uh, Corey and uh, his generation would have popped hard for was, of course, seeing that um, older clone trooper uh, on the streets. Tim Morrison playing that uh, retired homeless clone trooper. And it was great. I just, oh, I loved that. Hmm. Um, what else was good in this? There were some cool moments, I guess. I don't know. Like to me, mostly it was Kumail Nanjiani that Kumail Nanjiani that I liked. I have to say, all the stormtroopers, like you would go, you, you can say like stormtroopers. How hard is it to get that right? But there is a particular way of standing and a way of moving. To make stormtroopers really look like stormtroopers, um, all the stormtroopers so far have been killer. Yeah, um, they look great. They haven't been in a lot of action or whatever, but just in terms of their body language, how they move, it's been great. Um, okay. Uh, unfortunately, I feel a little bit like uh, Dayu. This planet, it looks pretty good. You know, for for a TV show. On a TV show budget, looks good. But it's still not cinema quality, sorry. And especially if you're going to take like very obvious inspiration from Blade Runner. I'm sorry, but a big Blade Runner fan like me is going to compare it to Blade Runner. And it's about a quarter as immersive and cool as what you see in, the, in Blade Runner. It just, it still looks... Like something shot in a studio to me. Um, so they've really given it a, a red hot go. But I just 
to me it's still a bit um falls short a little bit to me um the little conversation with the drug dealer eh, all right i guess um what else yeah i have to say like once you get into this chase where like leia has run away from obi-wan it just feels like it goes forever um it's like Obi-Wan yells Leia 5,000 times. Um, that little like scuffle he has with a couple of goons back there in the, uh, you know, the drug, the drug production house, I guess, where Leia's being kept. It felt a bit, I don't know. I guess, of course, Obi-Wan can fight, but it's just not an, and he's not using his lightsaber. I understand he can't use his lightsaber, so he's got to get in fist fights, I guess. It just, is a bit of a funny choice. I don't know. And it's, I don't know. Like, I, as perfect as the choreography was for that opening scene, I felt like these were a bit, a bit lacking, to be honest. All right. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a pretty simple episode, really. There's not. That's the thing. Like, I have to say, like, okay. So, what have I, what have I been watching recently? My brother and I just finished the first season of um, a series called Outer, Outer Range. Josh Brolin as the main character. So good. Really like gritty and really like amazing performances. Um, we watched season four of Fargo, which I hadn't seen before. Again, just so well put together. Something like... It, Every episode, oh, Better Call Saul, this final season of Better Call Saul is kicking ass. Something big happens in every um, every episode. Um, this felt a bit like, okay, so he arrives, finds Leia, learns an interesting piece of information and gets on a ship. That's pretty much it. Um, let's talk about that interesting bit of information, shall we? Yeah, so there's you know been a lot of debate like what does Obi-Wan know? When does he know it? But um of course it's Reva who lays this piece of information down on him. Anakin Skywalker, now Darth Vader, actually survived and is out there. Um a lot of people of course are think wondering how can Obi-Wan 10 years down the line from Revenge of the Sith how can he not know that Anakin survived how can he not know that Darth Vader is out there I mean he says in episode 4 Vader helped the Emperor hunt down and destroy the Jedi has he really not heard about this black cloaked figure out there you know, hunting Jedi. Well, it is a stretch. Ten years is a long time. But I guess you can say that um, Tatooine is supposed to be the arse end of the universe. Um, he's avoiding talking to people even. You know, he's not on the internet every day. Um, it's possible he just didn't know. So it's a, it is a cool moment. I felt like it could have been built up to a little bit more, but um overall 
it's good and um, it's pretty cool. And uh, I think the hit moment of the of that episode is, of course, when it at the end of the episode it cuts to Anakin in the back ta- back to tank. Well, Vader, of course, Vader in the back to tank. The way that it cuts, the edit on it, it's like bam, and the look in Vader's eyes, and the sound of the voice, the how fucking like fucked up his skin looks. Man, that was a great, great moment. And that just makes me, um, it raises my uh, my optimism for uh, what, what it's going to be like to see Vader again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, overall, I liked Kenobi very much in lots of ways. Um, I think, you know, again, as I've said, like, there are shots that look like like big screen Star Wars, but I'm still, I think, seeing TV a lot of the time. Um, and I just think it doesn't have to be that way. And the evidence for this is in the Andor trailer. So let's do it. Let's talk about the Andor trailer, which... Um, there were no, I mean, of course, we're getting close to when it's supposed to come out. So I guess it was, you know, where it's Star Wars Celebration. There was a chance that it was going to come out. What a nice surprise. Man, I was so excited when I saw that that had dropped because I, you know, I think Andor was like a bit of a cold character in that film, but his basic coolness and the hint of backstory you get from him. Makes him really interesting, um, and Diego Luna is just awesome. So, yeah, win, 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 win. Yeah, so I was just excited, um, and man, did it deliver! All right, you know what we have to do? Actually, we have to. We got to watch it together. Okay, just a sec. All right, so I'm gonna play. Play the trailer. I'm going to pause it. When I have something interesting to say, here we go. <laughs> I mean, this start... Or I'm pausing it already. It was such a like interesting and unique or unusual way to start a Star Wars trailer. And I love this. I It's such a weird combination of... Like wacky humor, because this is humorous. This is like there's a sense of humor to this. All right, um, and total epicness. I mean, the shot, this, the shot of him in the tower, that city behind him. Look at that. I mean, that's you could put that in a Star Wars movie. Oh, listen to the sound. Okay, we get this shot of these these kids in a kind of in a jungle. They're seeing a, a a ship on fire going through this. Here's a great shot. Look at this great looking little droid. It's like a, it's a astromech, but 
slightly different design from what we've seen in the past. In a junk pile, interesting. I mean, it just looks, again, this junk pile, I put it in a Star Wars movie. It would not draw attention to itself as looking cheap or, you know, less than what it should. This look, That looks like cinema to me. Okay, interesting shot here. Very white and pristine environment. These guys, they almost look like the um, Imperial scientists that you see in Rogue One. They seem to be working. Are they engineers? Are they building something? Are they building droids? Are they building weapons? I don't know. You can see people covering guns, you know, kind of warning people like... Oh, look at these. All right. They are, I think they're called Lats or something from the Clone, Clone Wars era. I always love the design of those ships, actually. Um, and you see them, they look like kind of simplified versions. Maybe they're like, uh, once the, they became the Empire, they, they changed up the design a little bit. Um, you see three of them heading towards this city. Sick. Looks super good. Now, we, we'll get to it later, but there's evidence that there will be flashbacks, which means um, maybe that's a flashback. Maybe that is Clone Wars era. Now these guys, the, the, someone opens the door and there's some um, slightly Gestapo-ish looking people at the door. They don't look Imperial. The color schemes, the uniforms, they don't look Imperial. So I wonder if that's some other kind of like faction on some some planet or other. Like I think we talked about it last episode, but um, apparently, uh, you know, the, the kickoff point for the series is that Andor's homeworld is destroyed and he has to escape and it's the story of a refugee basically which is cool so i don't know maybe ah let's see i'm not sure sure who these guys are going to be they're so proud of themselves look at that look at these imperial these ugh. these imperial officers look like proper imperial officers this woman running this looks good ah oh. Which brings me to a point. That woman looked to be f running flat knacker, as we say in Australia. That means to be running as fast as possible. And I really have started to notice that sh these shows shot on the volume. Sometimes we have chase scenes. It looks like they're not really running very fast. It looks like they're not really moving very fast. And if, I wonder if they're, like, they're, they're in, a, in a studio where you don't have much space, I guess. I don't think there's much room on the volume to run. So sometimes I feel like some of those action scenes where people are supposed to be moving as like running as fast as they can, there's not there's not enough like desperation and sweat to them. But this uh, shot of this woman running was very nice. Now we're seeing Coruscant. That's very exciting for some people. Look at that, another imperial officer flanked by um death troopers. Always happy to see them. Uh, that's cool. We get a sh oh, here we go. Mon Mothma time, people. Won't that be cool to see? Like, I mean, at some point, Mon Mothma goes from being a straight-up senator to being a straight-up rebel leader. How does that happen? Can't wait to see. All right, Stellan Skarsgård, dude. Listen to his voice. Look at this stuff. Again, like visually, this. To me, this is by far the most cinematic Star Wars on TV we've seen. 
Mon Mothma looking at people walking in cool environments. That okay, there's a shot there, a guy, I don't know if he's holding some kind of baton. Um, but he's walking towards phase two clone so uh, clone troopers. Flashback? I'm assuming so. Because this is set five years before Rogue One. So there would not be clone troopers left yet, uh, left at that point. So I'm assuming that's a flashback. Um, we see here, oh, great looking vehicle. This looks like something out of Solo. Bam, bam, they, if they flip it. There's this guy jumping in on a TIE fighter. There's Cassin in the cockpit. There's a, just a cool old lady. I don't know who she is. Listen to that music. Star Wars feels. Man. Oh, I am super pumped for Andor. I've been pumped since it was announced. I always thought that was a kick-ass idea. And now we see that... I mean, to me, that is far and away the best... Um, the best-looking trailer we've had for a Star Wars TV show. Um, you know, I think both Mandalorian and Boba Fett have had individual chapters that reach those heights. Um, but overall, I, I think there's still... A, visually, it, you can't put it right next to Star Wars films. But this looks like it has the, the, uh, the potential to do that. That's big, man. And so cool that it's like uh, first season is 12 episodes, second season 12 episodes. Apparently, like it's changed. Like uh, at some point, at one point I was like, oh, uh, hearing, yeah, it's going to be like six seasons or something. Then I heard it was going to be three seasons. Um, now I'm hearing it's two seasons of 12, um, 12 episodes each. Um, but it starts August 31st, man. It starts August 31st. 31st, May, June, July, August, we are, what, June, July, we're three months out, oh man, I am excited for that, now of course, a trailer is only a fraction of the story, it might not be as great as that trailer looks, let's see, but um you know, one of my biggest issues with the with the TV shows has been, and it's funny because people always go on on about how good they look and how big budget they look, and no, no, no. But I, th to me, there's plenty of evidence. Like like these these shows are done on a fraction of the budget with a fraction of the time that the that um, full length films get. And I just you know it's hard to hide that. Um, this looks killer. I love that it's made by Tony Gilroy, who was, you know, kind of a co-director in a way for Rogue One. Um, he's not a particularly, he's not really a Star Wars fan. He's just ended up working on Star Wars. Um, in this case, it might be a, a benefit, you know. Um, it means that he's not just going to put like, remember this prop from this movie? Isn't that cool? <laughs> you know, I think he's going to be approaching it from a like, it has to just rock on, on you know, it has to stand on its own two feet and be awesome. So, um, yeah, could not be more excited. Man. All right. I think that's enough for today. There's, um, 
There's one more day of Star Wars celebration left. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some more um, some news, more information. Let's see. Um, but uh, all I can say is, Kenobi, it's going pretty well. It, to be honest, my enjoyment of it has been pretty much on par with what my impressions were from the trailers. Um, I th- I am um, I'm glad that that shot of Vader had such an impact on me in the episode. That means that maybe I'm going to really love when the, these moments when they finally meet up. Yeah. And it's also cool that we've more or less made our way through all the shots in the trailer. There's a couple of things we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen Indira Varma's character yet. Um, what else? There was something else from the trailers, I think, that we haven't seen yet. Um, so, but for the most part, everything we've seen in the trailer is now available in these episodes to watch, which means fresh goodness coming up for the rest of the episodes. Mm. All right. This is a pretty long episode already, so we're not going to do anything else. Um, we'll get back to the segments next time when we have just one episode, new episode of Kenobi to watch, but, uh, yeah. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. These are, I mean, exciting times for Star Wars. Um, let's enjoy it as much as we can. All right. My name's Tom Sutton, and this is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. Hey!